welcome to the Freestyle podcast series, bringing you real stories from those living with diabetes. We hear about the challenges they face and hope to provide some inspiration for living your best life. I'm Claudine, and today we're revving up to talk to Ben Wallace, a Freestyle Libre ambassador. Ben lives his life in the fast lane. He took up karting at the age of five. Now at the age of 20, he's a British GT motorsport driver. Diagnosed at type one at only the age of one, he says he was brought up to believe he could do anything he wanted and never let it slow him down. Please remember that before making any changes to your diabetes management, discuss these with your healthcare team first. So hi, Ben, and welcome to the Freestyle Podcast Series. We're so excited to have you with us today. Being a racing driver is every young boy's dream. Where did it start for you? And were you always playing with toy cars? I started playing with toys as every kid does. Got a Hot Wheels track and pretty much anything to do with cars. But it started when we moved to Spain. My dad had this mad idea I needed to try out karting. And well, it turned out I was actually quite good at it and I quite liked it. So it just went on from there, really. Bought then the first race kart and started karting in Spain. And from there on, when it went on to karting in um, Germany, going on to European stuff, and then eventually into car racing. So, yeah, I think it was more influenced by my dad than anybody else. And has he always been into cars? Yeah, he, he raced, um, he'd done motocross um, and done a bit of a Renault 5 Cup. You obviously got your type 1 diagnosis when you were quite young. What are your earliest memories of it? Do you remember your parents doing things that other parents didn't have to do for their children or letting you do different things from other kids? I was always allowed to do whatever else, what everyone else was allowed to do, be it at birthday parties, eat a bit of cake. But to be honest, I weren't really into cake or I weren't really into sweet stuff. So, yeah, there was that benefit, I think. In Germany, we had... Um, he used to make me ice cream, but a sugar-free version. So I didn't. I, I don't know exactly how he made it, but um, yeah, yeah, it'd just be like eating anything. Yeah. So your parents must have also had to try to manage your type one while racing. What was that like? Then need to break it down, obviously, because with Spain, Germany, and obviously the racing I'd done was all different because of the climates. So with with Spain. The physical exposure on the body, obviously driving the cars, especially I was a bit younger as well. I was only eating, I probably eating like two kilos of pasta throughout the whole weekend to just keep me up and keep the carbohydrates in. And it carries on. I mean, Germany was similar um, and it was just more more checking and more just preparing for that weekend than anything else that well made it possible, made it easier for us to do. And my dad obviously was a massive help and when my um, nan was still alive she was a massive help as well. So how did you make um, the karting career move then into motor racing? Primarily obviously uh, you find that a lot of car racing teams try and find early on a talent or anything along those lines to come up into their team to race their cars and that's effectively how it, how it really works. Um, you've got a lot of scholarships you can do as well. I actually done yeah I done a scholarship and um, ended up doing racing through that, and then yeah, that's sort of how you get into it. There's not a big secret or quick way of getting into it. Yeah, it's just preparation, sponsorship, and yeah, the complete package, whatever they're looking for. 
from my point of view and probably quite a lot of our listeners uh, the idea of kind of carting around a track is quite a scary one how do you um, describe the feeling with the, with the fear aspect there can't be there can't really be any fear because you're going to do mistakes if you're thinking about what you're going to do in the next corner or you're going to turn in or where you're going to turn in if i need to break there obviously it'll all take that long and you're either going to be off the track or going to be extremely slow so it's sort of yeah not, not put aside as much but yeah it's sort of just left there and think about it later so the adrenaline does take over um and i had an incident in spa where the brakes failed and must be doing about 170 mile an hour or 160 going towards and hit another car and to be honest with you there was no actually no fear it was just more like uh yeah i need to stop the car before i do something else or to be honest, I actually aimed to carry on going straight to see if I can get across the finish line, but obviously it didn't really work. <laughs> and obviously that you talked about adrenaline, and adrenaline can have quite big implications to your glucose levels. How do you tend to manage that um, before a race or while racing? So now with the GTs, or oh, with the GTs while I was doing it, was uh, in a sugary drink type of mixture in a, a water bag in the back, effectively. And I would drink out of that during the race. Um, which would keep my blood sugar levels nice and well steady. You find with the cars, the heat exposure is much bigger. And obviously, depending on what track is more demanding. So you do see that the blood sugar drops off quite dramatically. So what is it about racing that you really love? The adrenaline and actually the bit of the danger as well. It's got a bit of like a, a romantic feel to it. A bit dancing a bit on the edge. Uh, now there's a lot of things I like about racing. Uh, as I said, the adrenaline, when you're winning, obviously, the winning factor is obviously a great thing and um, something, yeah, which is, I don't know, you can't get that feeling anywhere else when you're standing on the top step. And especially with you, I've had races actually saying that, I've had races where I've not been that successful, but just through overtaking and, and a lot of other factors that played into it was, yeah, a really great experience. My best race i think was was one of my earlier races where i started at the back and ended up finishing second so that i had to overtake about 16 cars or something yeah and i only came i think it might have been third actually i only came third because it was a safety car at the end so there's a lot of i don't know that plays into it um not even the driving aspect just the general atmosphere as well and the grids and the pits obviously you've got the fans coming in and talking to you about it so yeah it's a great atmosphere all around and do you find it sometimes quite difficult to um flip from when you've obviously left your racing car and you got in your normal car funny enough yeah a lot of people think think that obviously with racing you get out of the car and then all of a sudden you're doing about 250 down down as fast as you can down the motorway but um when you get back out of the car and you're racing weekends over you're that tired you just I've cruised home just doing 70 mile an hour, just all the way on the motorway, just not even going anywhere above, not even touching, just literally staying on the in, on the middle lane and just, yeah, going home. Because you're that tired and exhausted. You, you've done a bit with speed for that day until the next weekend. So, I mean, talking about that and obviously, you know, how it impacts your body as, as a whole with or without diabetes, you know, you obviously push um, your body to a limit um, through racing drivers like other athletes do, obviously, through different sports. What are the challenges you face? 
the biggest the biggest um difficulty is the heat uh if you've got a hot day where it's nice and sunny outside we had in i think it was in brands actual and spa actually we had 31 degrees it was another 60 70 in the car that was one of the more challenging one especially with dehydration obviously that can happen very quick um so as i said before with the water bottle in the back it keeps you keeps my sugars up as well obviously with dehydration and heat exposure your blood sugar drops as well and obviously then you've got the physical impact of driving but the biggest one is heat heat and yeah the water loss that's incredible because that's not something that would jump to a lot of people's mind with type one having that intense heat having such an impact i thought it would have been the adrenaline or other factors that would have affected it all them factors obviously play into it as i said the biggest one is the heat yeah take take your racer suits all the fireproof gear your helmets balaclava gloves and boots and then go into your local sauna and sit there for an hour that's pretty much it and that's uh yeah you'll see the result obviously people go into the sauna normally we'll already know it's already hot enough but yeah try that with a suit on and helmet and fully fully clothed yeah you'll have a good time how well is um type 1 or diabetes in general kind of known about are there many others like you who race with type 1 diabetes yeah there, there are a few um there's quite well there's actually quite a lot um in england compared to germany i didn't I never really know known anyone in Germany or in Spain to have diabetes and racing. But I think when we came to England and obviously with the exposure we were getting through obviously then car racing, yeah, it became much much more noticeable. Um and a lot of more people became aware about obviously for the teams I was racing with, yeah. It sort of it sort of got a bit more of a yeah, a public eye on it. And there are a few successful racing drivers right now competing with that type 1 diabetes, and they're doing very well. What's been one of your best experiences in a car? Mm, best experience was actually going the first time to spa in a GT car. I've been previously with a different one, but with the GT, it had just a better, I don't know, a bit better atmosphere, and the car was quicker. So it yeah, you could take the corners much more well quicker. And there was a there's a corner in Spa called a Rouge, which I can't probably not the fastest corner, but yeah, it's definitely the most gnarliest corner. When you're looking at it, if you look up up at the corner, I mean it doesn't look too bad on onboard videos, but when you walk in the track, you know how steep it is. And when you're coming down there, it's a flat out. It's so you don't lift, you don't six gear flat through the a rouge up and over. So yeah, that's probably one of the best best things about racing. So Ben, we've talked about who supports you obviously within the racing car and in the pits, but who supports you on an everyday kind of basis if you're not having the greatest day with your diabetes? My dad remember uh, reminded me to measure my blood sugar every five minutes. Have you done this? Yes, Dad, I have. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my dad's a, the biggest. Um, yeah help in that in that sense especially as you said on the bad days or not so good days when i need reminding or whatever 
looking at your family in general so when people receive a type 1 diagnosis it's not just the person who's got diabetes that's diagnosed it is the whole family network so how do you feel it's impacted everyone around you because I got diagnosed with such an early age I that's all I remember I don't you know being blonde what are you going to remember when you're doing but um I don't think it had too much of an impact obviously we still ate the same food. Um, not an art theology. I didn't get a separate separate meal to my brother. So it's all just been, yeah, sort of normal. Well, as normal as it can get. Um, yeah, the food's been the same as long as I measure and as long as I give my uh, the correct insulin and look after myself, yeah. It's still normal day to day. I would say with, obviously, that I had classmates who were diagnosed when they were, 14 or above, I think that's got a bigger impact than what it did to me, um, even parents-wise, because obviously you've got yourself into a routine at that age of doing whatever, going to the shop, getting a packet of sweets. An adjustment for people like that is it's not impossible, but it's a bigger step than for me, because obviously I, all I've known is just yeah, what I'm doing now. <laughs> so with your day job... Is it car related or do you don on a suit and a tie and get into the office? I don't look good in a suit, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> now, everything's, well, car related. Um, my job is engines related. So if there's any issues with them or mainly to do with uh, build up in the engines, we come and clean that out. And yeah, even my hobbies to do with car related, even outside, I've got cars stood outside that I'm building currently as well. So yeah, pretty much it. I've got petrol running through my veins and that's, yeah. And what's your big next step? Where where do you want to go with your racing career next? I just want to carry on driving, racing a car. <laughs> Don't mind where it is. <laughs> four, four, wheels, uh, four wheels and a steering wheel, off I go. Um, it's not something I really to think about um think about too much. Uh, yeah, whatever comes up, really. I don't mind. I'll race anything, as I said. <laughs> if if needs be, I'll race a golf buggy down the down the track as well. It'd be great to hear from you about anyone who like for our listeners about getting into driving. So obviously, you know, you went through karting and I know quite a lot of famous racing drivers do that path. What's the first steps that you can take to get your kids into it? Turning up to your local car track. First of all, seeing if your kids kids like it. And it goes on from there, really. You get speaking to people. Obviously, you'll see other people on a car track. There's people, obviously, to speak to and to call. Um, but the first initial step is just, yeah, go in there and see if the kid or your, your son, daughter likes to drive a car. Obviously, it's not, especially when you're younger. I started karting when I was five first time i was in a car was when i was four so and i just jumped right into into it um no it's it's not for everybody but it is a fun and to take the initial step of going into it is just yeah go in there and see if you like it and then go on from there it's fairly easy to get in contact and especially with the local car track you find out pretty easy or pretty quickly how to get in contact with the right team and then you just go on from there but from five, so you were very you were very young, really, when you um, first got in your first car. I wouldn't like to think of my five-year-old driving a car, I have to say. 
It always makes me sound very old when I say uh, I've been doing racing for nearly 15 years now. So everyone goes, yeah, how old are you? 30? Oh, no, I'm only 20. Yeah, I don't know. Um, a lot of people just went through the option of just going straight into a racing car. Carsing, obviously, yeah, it's a conventional, most used path to get into racing, but it's not, it's not a necessity. Something else that we talked about at the beginning of today's podcast was that your parents made it quite clear to you that they didn't want you to stop anything because of your type 1 diabetes. Have you got any advice or anything that you'd say to make them live that life to the full? With the right preparation, the right yeah, mindset, you can do anything. Um, and I stand by that, doing it myself. Um, you shouldn't let type 1 diabetes affect you in that way or stop you from doing anything you can you can do anything you want as i said right preparation right mindset and obviously with a bit of help or support from mum or dad if they're a bit younger then yeah anything's possible don't need to let something like that restrict you from doing something so i know we touched on earlier about how you are driving on normal roads um but how are you as a passenger in people's cars are you constantly going turn left turn right put your foot down terrible i'm a terrible passenger um yeah my dad gets it the most just going to the shop already becomes a complicated matter because i have to remind him to or think he needs to brake or accelerate or needs to get a bit over to the left yeah you're sick and tired of me now. You just tells me to go on my own. Don't go with us to the shop anymore. Not allowed. Not allowed to get in anyone's car anymore. <laughs> get, free, get a free tuition. Oh no! Well, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. If you want to keep up with Ben's career, um, then race over to studentmotorsport.com or follow his Slipstream on Twitter, where he's at Ben Wallace eighty eight. And if you want more information, then why not take a pit stop on our fantastic education site, Freestyle Progress. There you can find the Freestyle Libre Academy, tutorial videos, webinars, and the rest of the podcast series. That's all online at progress.freestylediabetes.co.uk. But now it's time to put the brakes onto this episode and wave the checkered flag. So thanks for listening and see you next time. The information provided is not intended to be used for medical diagnosis or treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your physician or qualified health provider regarding your condition and appropriate medical treatment. Individual symptoms, situations and circumstances may vary.